It's um, so good to be here. Uh, I have another announcement, believe it or not. I think you're going to kill over with all these announcements. But um, amazing about the schools, amazing that we're praying for our kids, change the atmosphere in our schools. Please, moms, come. It's your, it's your time to come and come pray for the kids. On the 20th of August, do you have a clip of uh, Gert Dolk? This is a very special man um, who went to Holland from Johannesburg, um, Bryanston, and um, not Bryanston, um, I forget the area where he was. Cornerstone, Cornerstone uh, in, Ro- Ro- no, not Rodeport. And he planted a church in Holland. Uh, Rob Kurova from this church went to join him and spent some time under his uh, leadership and then went on to plant. And he has handed that church over, has led another church, and he'll be with us on the 20th of August. He is a pastor. He's a wonderful gift. Please prioritize the 20th of August and come and enjoy Gert Dolk. He will be with us in the morning and the evening. Not the evening. No, the morning. And uh, so he's an, he's an Ephesians 4 pastor. He's a solid guy. Please come to that. Amen. So we're doing a series uh, on our values, and um, I've got to, we're a little bit, uh, got to watch the clock because at the hour, the power goes. <laughs> and so, um, and uh, one of the things that I, I really have given enormous amount of thoughts to, in a sense, even this morning's preach, and we're talking about our values, what we value, something that's worth a lot to us. What, what do you value? What is something that is treasured? So if we talk about the values of something, it's like, well, what do you treasure? What do we treasure? What do we esteem? What is worth a lot to us? We can offend each other if we don't appreciate each other's values. Amen? So, so some people who really greet you well perhaps expect you to greet them well, <laughs> not ignore them, you know what I'm saying? And so it's from the minuscule, which is probably not so small because the Bible says greet one another with a holy kiss. I don't know what that looks like, Merv, but you want to maybe show us? And so we want to talk about our values, but we want to talk about our values in a humble way. We don't want to impose our values or assume that our values at red points or our values in the hardy home are better than the, your values from your church or where you come from. And so we want to um, humbly understand and appreciate what the values are. We don't feel superior about our values. Um, all values... Biblical values are gifts. They are graces given. And so you might walk into a church and think, wow, or into a home or into a nation and think, this is amazing. I remember spending time in Turkey and the men would drink tea at 10 o'clock from like 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock or something. I think, do you guys even work here, you know? And the guy wanted to give me a head slap. He's saying, you, you white boy coming to Turkey telling us about work ethics because their value is to drink tea in the mornings. And I thought, gee, this is cool. I could do this, you know. And so we, we, we tend to be a little bombastic, or a little bit opinionated about values. But um, no, none of us have all the values. None of us claim to, we may have some values and we want to grow in other values. Of course, all our values should be biblical. Obviously. Things like, you know, all the, all the values are actually graces or gifts given by the Spirit through people. Remember that um, if, if you say these, um, 
the, the heart of the church is open. If you walk into church and say, the heart of this church is open, you would be assuming that the hearts of the people of the church is open. Amen. Amen. Or if this is a warm church, the warmth doesn't happen in a bubble, even though you may have a heater on. The warmth happens in the hearts of people. And so we can talk about all these things, but it's actually us. So if I say this is a warm church, I want to be part of the warm person. Amen. Or it's a worshiping church. That's amazing. Well, it's only made up, it's only a worshiping church if the people worship. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Treasure, valuable, values. When a man found it, Chris was preaching my sermon this morning, he hid it again and he went and in his joy he sold everything and bought the field. In other words, what, he, what values are is I don't care for what I had before necessarily, but this is valuable. So, so when you talk about values, it's not just like some, it's part of my many little idols, part of my many values. Sometimes the, uh, some values can be so strong, like the value of the great pearl, that you, in your joy, you get rid of even the good things. The company business, the cow in those days, the sheep, everything. And you, you know, your, everything, your father's leather business that you inherited. And you buy this field in your joy. That's Treasure. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls, a treasure. When he found one of great value, he went and sold everything and he bought it. We value the word of God. The word of God is something that we highly esteem. And I, and I want to keep on talking about it because I think the days are coming. Listen, young leaders, emerging leaders. The day is coming where the assaults against the word of God and to, to, to call it hate speech, to rip it to shreds, even among Christian nations, is going to go to a level that is going to be scary. And only if, because after enough cultural pressure, government pressure, threat of being incarcerated, church closed down, because you believe the word of God, if, unless you value the word of God before it hits us, we ain't going to make it because the devil is going to smash us and he will do it. He's going to try and smash us. And it's a bit like, you know, peacetime, peacetime. But then when the assault of the enemy comes, if we don't esteem this word and all the clever people, including myself, no, I'm not clever, humble ourselves and say, Lord, it's your inerrant, eternal, Jesus says not one tit or jottle must be touched from this word. The whole, everything must be fulfilled. Amen. Don't mess with the word. And so we value the word of God. It's, it's God breathed, the Bible says. The scriptures is God breathe. It's useful for teaching. I need some new values. I need to be taught some new values. I need to be, it's, teachful, it's helpful for rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. It's living. It's active. It's sharp. It's so potent it's double-edged so just just when I thought I got this right it cuts me here it judges my thoughts it separates uh, the soul from the spirit the the bone and the marrow it, it goes deep the word of God is powerful amen the moment we stand above the word and we judge the word we're in trouble but the word loves me cleans me washes me um this, this man that, that this woman married, is he just the same old, same old guy? No, the word is working. He's becoming softer. He loves her more. He's more gracious. He's kinder. He's not grumpy like most 63-year-olds. 
the values of the great Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Oh, my word, that like turns you upside down. You have heard it say, but I say to you, if a man strikes you on the cheek, you smack him 10 times harder back. No, you turn, what? You turn the other cheek. You've heard it say that if you, if you divorce, you're, you're, if you commit adultery, but he says even if you have it in your thoughts and, and, you, and you imagine it in your mind, it's the same. And you think, Lord, you're changing my values. If a man steals your cloak, give him your coat as well. What? And so he begins to change our values, amen? And therefore we are a peculiar, a amazing people. We're a people like a city on a hill. You're like the salt of the earth. And so you begin to let the word of God change you. Some of us come with different values. Praise God. New people bring new values. Amen. New gifts bring new values, new graces. We need patience and time. I remember when I joined Glenridge Church. I thought, what's going on here? Why do they worship like this? And I was a little bit like, I don't like this. People are doing funny things. Even when I came to Red Point, I had to say, what are the values of this church? Would we bring some values, Katya and I? Yes. Indeed, you all bring values, but we also embrace the values of the house. And um, when you are born into a family, your little kitty born, little squeaker, pink foot or whatever you got, you're born into a family, you adopt the family values. But you may have a child that's born into a family that's, and this child may be born with a musical gift. This kid, by the time it's three, is singing or is, 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 is fiddling with some instrument. And you think, whoa, no one in this family, and by the time they fire, they're like Beethoven or Mozart. That gift, that child, that little individual will begin to, suddenly there's music in the house, suddenly there's pianos or there's guitars, hey tools, suddenly there's that child through that gift has brought a value, or sometimes you see a great sportsman, they bring a value into the house of sport, now sometimes that value can overwhelm the family, amen, where now this becomes an idol, where this becomes everything. But a good father will say, you know, you're a great musician and you're a great sportsman and you're a great ballerina and you're a great academic. Yeah, they're all great, isn't it wonderful, like all of our kids. But they all bring values. That's what the church is like. So for us to get up and say, these are our values. Well, yes, but we all bring value. We all are treasured. We all bring gifts. And if you're new to Red Point Church, I want to say to you, welcome. And if you want to join this church, I want to say, enjoy it. Like the guys before us, Sean Dooley and the guys, and Rob Rufus, who led this church, they've said, we, we're going to ask God to give us a place where we can meet. And uh, so they came to pray on this piece of land. Forget the guy's name, Mr. Boshoff, Mr. Bosch. And uh, they bought the land. And they... They financed this. And in fact, they took up an offering for this building. But the, when, and they took it up in a meeting and they counted the money and they said, huh, not enough. So they had to give another offering. And so they all went back to their seats and they gave another offering. And so people sacrificed and we walk into the blessing. 
That's why when even uh, Nick and Cutty joined you, we thought, wow, they sacrificed. We were able to also make additions to the church and the people here. Many of you were there originally and some of you here. And so we value that. And so the people that come in, I remember one guy saying, well, this tastes a bit funny. I'll say, I'll throttle you, brother. I mean, I didn't say that. But I wanted to say it, but I didn't because the Lord sanctified me. I think, listen, bro, listen, bro, easy, easy, easy. Somebody said, you know, why did you build the Glenridge thing on the station? You know, that's the wrong place. I'm saying, we agonize to find a spot. We, we don't, just easy, bro. Come in gently. Amen. But what have you got to give? Yeah. Amen. I like coffee. Praise God. Buy a coffee machine. I, I, love to, I love to pray for the moms. I mean, the kids. Bring it. Bring it. Give me another one. Front row, back row, second row. What, what do you bring? Praying, I, I bring, I bring, I'm a prayer. I bring that value. So we want to be reshaped by the scriptures. We want to be made new in the attitude of our mind. We are constantly being re um, bored. We, we, we having values put into us. Once you were alienated, but now you've been brought close, okay? And he is making us holy. And so it's a process, and we're on the road. What are some of our values? Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. And so, so worldliness came into the church. You could walk into a church where you found that they took the gospel and it became a business gospel, a prosperity gospel, a, a materialistic gospel. And people thought, that's what weird. All you guys ever talk about is freaking money. So excuse the term. Isn't, isn't, is that where you, and those people, the whole congregation adopted, the, can you have bad values? Yes. Can you have excessive values? Yes. And so that's why we need each other to say, listen, you talk a lot about money, but where's mission? Where's prayer? What about the poor? You know, what, what about the needy? What about, um, what, uh, what about the soup kitchen? Why are we always praying for Redpoint? Do you ever think about praying for other churches? Why are we trying to have better and better meetings? Why are we going to help a church that doesn't even have a building, that doesn't have tools of fancy worship, assemblée? <laughs> let's, let's, let's give them our speakers or let's, let's give them some, you know what I'm saying? So we, we, and people say, you know, why do we talk so much about ourselves? Why is it all about our family values? God Shake, shape us. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Won't you put it up for me, please? Or turn in your Bibles, because we love our Bibles, and the Bible is important, and it shapes us, and you go back to it. And we have Luke 10, 38. If you open your cell phones or your Bibles, or you maybe put it up on the screen, it's NIV 84 version. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Interesting Interesting story of Mary and Martha. Martha is mentioned. She opens her home. Had he been there before? We don't know. Probably. We know that he became very friendly with his family. M Martha, Mary, Lazarus, famous family in the Bible. Um, but mentioned that Martha opened her home to him. He normally had people with him. We don't know how many he had. The Bible doesn't say. She had a sister called Mary. Okay. So she's, Martha's prominent. And then there's this Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Imagine that. House, probably small, or church. You know, we, can, we, can, we like to extrapolate the story. You can imagine if Jesus was here, uh, some people would be 
some way, but then there would be somebody that says, listen, I, I've got to go and sit at his feet. Would you mind if, uh, would you, Red Point, mind if I, there's Jesus here. This is not Jesus, but I want to come and sit at his feet. Well, this is a bit extreme. But listen, if you want to be so spiritual, go ahead, girl. But Mary, who sat at those feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations. Anybody distracted here? Not this morning, but I mean just distracted in life. Stuff to do that had to be made. She came to him and asked, just think about this. Just think about this. He's probably ministering. He's speaking. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Wow. What's going on here? A little bit of a family situation. <laughs> They've probably had discussions. She's trying to say, Mary. And Mary's like, oh. Mm. Probably an old battle in the family. We don't know. But this woman, Martha, who is a good woman, is gone to the master and said, sort this sister of mine out. <laughs> Don't you care, Mr. Jesus, that my sister is living to with myself? Tell her. Because I've tried. I'm bearing the story. Probably our mother's tried. Everyone's tried. So will you, Jesus, Son of God, tell her to help me? What does the Lord say? Martha, Martha. Robin, Robin. <laughs> Ruth, Ruth. It's like, oh, uh, it's like, Nick, Nick, what is happening with you? The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Underline worried and upset about many things. Jesus is taking license here. Jesus, you're a bag of trouble, madam. But only one thing is needed. One thing, values. This is the most, this is valuable. One thing, one thing I ask of you, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze upon his beauty. Mary is like David. She says, I just want to gaze upon this Jesus. I'm sitting at his feet. But Martha is worried and upset about many things. Mary has chosen what is better, and I'm not going to ask her to <laughs> help you. It will not be taken away from her. Sit, Mary. Man, I tell you, this is an important text. This is an important text. I love it. I've heard sermons preached on it. I've heard sermons preached on why Martha gets bad press here. And she shouldn't. I'm thinking, you bigger than Jesus, bro. Because Jesus is trying to tell us something. In fact, I had a funny moment because Dan was worshiping. Did you see him this morning? He was worshiping like this. And he said, get the water. <laughs> get the water. Is that what you did, Dan? Where's Dan? Dan, the man has disappeared. So he was worshiping and he was also doing with the Martha thing. He did both. <laughs> I thought, that's a good one. 
He says, I want to worship it. Where's the water for the preacher? But I don't know where it is. You wouldn't really want to preach this text. I think it's like, whatever, little family situation. Let's preach about Lazarus and their brother, and, and he dies, and Jesus rolls a stone away. Exactly, the, here the two women experiencing exactly the same moments, same place, same time. The masters in the house, they have completely different experiences, totally. They have different realities. They are valuing different things. Two sisters, I wonder if they were twins, the same. What you experience or receive from a situation is correlated to what you value. One wasn't happy. Jesus was in the house. The master, the son of God, Messiah, Meshua, the promised one, the one who could raise the dead, walk on the water, who could, who could calm the storm, who could curse the fig tree, who could do everything. And the one lady is having a bad day, but even though he's in the house. Once this is doing the dishes, sweeping floors and sorting out the cushions, putting the placemats, baking the bread, all good stuff, chopping the onions, spicing up the stew, the mutton curry perhaps. The other is sitting, she's doing absolutely nothing. What a contrast. Uh, I wrote you the teacher's pet. She knows her sister is stressing. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get a handful afterwards or a mouthful afterwards. She knows, in fact, stressing so much that she's gone to the master to rebuke me. Tell her to help. Because you know, Jesus, we have to serve. Martha is a good woman, concerned about the work of the Lord, but not the Lord of the work. I praise God for the people that serve in this church. Without the people that serve in this church, we wouldn't have what we have, good, amazing meetings. People served. How many brides were made, Michael, for today? Seven. Six, Six brides were made. You'll see new brides. Somebody's serving. We appreciate that. Ricky, thank you if you're here. I don't know if you're here. Martha is placing more value on preparation. Mary is placing more value on him, the Lord. These two ladies, one is troubled, is concerned, is stressing. The other one's got a burning heart. She's in heaven. She's sitting at the feet of the master. Many do Jesus things, but don't value him. That's the trouble with religion. That happened to Mother Teresa. She said, I've lost my faith. I don't know who he is. I'm racked with doubts. I envy people who can pray. I'm having a crisis of faith. But man, was she a good woman. At his feet or cleaning floors, there's a wonderful moment Martha is missing out on life himself, and she's struggling, and she's grumpy. She's worried, and she's upset about many things. Guys, the day we lose Jesus, we're in trouble. The day we lose the burning hearts, the sitting at his feet. 
You can mop verandas or you can sit at his feet. Now it's good that we do both. This is a value. One left the meeting deeply ministered to, the other one left very unhappy. You know, you can go and have an experience once, watch a movie and you think, that was terrible. Or go and think, ah, do you know, there was other person think, that was amazing. What do you value? What do we value? Jesus says, Mary has chosen what is better, and I'm not going to take it from her. Jesus knows. It's good to have a good stew, placemats, garlic and onions in the stew. I got all that. Good to have good drinks. In fact, I'm a, I'm a Martha. When, if, in my home, I stress when we host. I'm a little stress ball sometimes. Where the drinks? Where's the us? People come, be stressed. But actually, there's a moment. It's not going to be taken from her. How did Mary get it and how did Martha miss it? What do you value? This Mary whose brother Lazarus now lay sick was it was the same one that poured perfume on Jesus' feet. Do you know that when Lazarus died, the two sisters again sick dies. Jesus only two miles away. He comes back, Martha runs out. Lord, Lord, if you had only been here, my my brother would not have died. But I know that if you say so, he'll live. And I know the resurrection, the life. What does he say to her? He says, he, he says where's your sister? And she goes back. And funny question. Why is he asking about Mary? You see, it's interesting. Sometimes we, we, relationships are important because there's a, there's a problem. Now, now I need my Jesus. What does Mary do? She comes running. She also says, Lord, because I'm sure they had discussed, if Jesus had been here, if Jesus had been here, if Jesus had been here, he wouldn't have died. The, she says the same thing, but what does she do that's different to Martha? <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> I better pour it out, eh? What does she do that's different to Martha? Because Jesus waits right there. He doesn't, out the city, where Martha, anybody? Yes, she falls at his feet. She falls at his feet. Probably weeping. Saying, Lord, if you... but there she is again. What do you value? We, we can list all our values. Mission, multi-generational, generosity, prayer. Very, very important, those things. She's the one that's found pouring perfume at his feet in John chapter 11. That's the same Mary at his feet in the house, at his feet in the crisis, at his feet he's about to be buried. Amen. It's interesting that, you know, we, we have a lot of ministry stuff, prayer and requests elders prayer every time we want to start we want to say Lord we've got a long list of things to ask you our speakers have blown as I've said I thought oh Lord help us please I was actually stressing here this morning I'm sorry Lord about our speakers and got our insurance company worship me Nick stop stressing but what I wanted to say is we, we, we start by giving you praise we praise you we, we honor you Everything else stops. All the needs, 
my sister's sore toe with a gout. Stop. Worship me. We've got to do stuff, Lord. You're distracted. You're worried about so many things. T.D. Jakes tells a story about um, value. He says he's, he's a guy not very wealthy, but his daughter graduates. He's so excited. And, he's, and he says to his daughter, I've only got, I've got this old car. It's anything I can give you for your graduation. And uh, the daughter thinks, ah, whatever. And so she takes the car and, and uh, he says, look, take it down to the, to the dealer and see what he gives you for it. So the dealer looks at it. He says, listen, all cars 20 years old or older, 30 years. I mean, he said, somebody enjoyed, looked after the car, but I, we, we, don't, we don't deal with cars. You know, we long, but please, you know, can I give you a thousand bucks for it, a thousand dollars? And she goes back to her dad, and dad says, Well, try, tell you what you do. Try the, the pawnbroker down the road, you know, buy and sell stuff. And so she does that and goes to the, and the guy says, Look, we, do, we don't deal with cars, you know, it's a, uh, you know, it's good. It's uh, the, you can see that the leather seats are intact and the dashboard's good. And, you know, it's amazing, but uh, I'll give you $100 for it. Goes back to dad, says, I went from 1000 to 100 He says, I'll tell you what, girl, last try. Take it down to, there's a collector down that address. Goes to the collector and the collector looks at this car and he says, oh my, this is amazing. This is a collector's dream. I'll give you $100,000 for it. What? Right now, do the deal. The father knew. What do you value? It's even what, what, you see, even people may not value you. People might say, you. other people think, you're amazing because you've let Jesus into your life. Value is all over the scriptures. It's an important story, brothers and sisters. I want to invite you to bring your contribution, to bring what God has given you, to bring your gift. That you, God might have sent you to this church for your specific gift. I was thinking of this this morning. If Katya and I were sent to some church, all church, all building, very formal, lady with an organ, people with great, hair so great, it's now purple. You know that does... And God says, I want, you to, I want you to join this church. Lord, we don't fit in. Exactly. Exactly. Because I want you to bring something. Don't, don't get clever. Don't start making a big noise about everything. Well, you people are so formal. That's what they have. What can I bring? Are we here, you're a preacher, Mr. Nick. Saying, well, I try, but not very good. He said, would you, the, the pastor's sick. The old guy, he's sick again. He's 87, but he's sick again. Could you preach? Oh, I guess I could, but I know what I would do. I would preach with passion, and I would hope some old ladies would get electrocuted. <laughs> and somebody would come and say, that, that, we, we haven't seen a man so excited about Jesus for a long time. I'm saying, that's what I can bring. In fact, come to our house, sir. Cutty will make you a chicken tandoori. Oh, now we're going to have fun. And so we, we, we would bring a culture, we would bring something, but we would come gently, we would come honoring, we'd come thankful, we'd come appreciative. I hope. Some of our values, a couple of minutes, I will build my church. Value number one. That's a big value to us. Jesus said, 
I'll build my church. He only said it in the context of the revelation of who he was. This was not revealed to you by man. Who do people say that I am? Oh, Elijah, one of the prophets, Jeremiah. Who do you say? Oh, you're the son of God. You are the incarnate one. You are the promised Messiah. You've come down from heaven. Aha, upon this revelation, I will build my church. Not upon, that's the foundation, that's the essence, that's the architecture, that's the structure, that's everything. The revelation that you, that is a value here. We don't go to other churches in Europe or America or Australia and try and copy what they do. Because Jesus says, you're not the builder of the church, Jesus is. Which means we are speaking day and night about the, who is Jesus. Because if you get who Jesus is. And there are many religions who, have, who, who knock Jesus down and down and down and down. And they try and reason in their minds that he is not the incarnate one. He is indeed the one. He's the one we sit in awe and he takes our breath away. Even though there are things to do, our number one priority is that he is the one. We seek him more than we seek to build, establish, etc., etc. Second value. So value number one I want to talk about this morning. I could talk about 50, but I'll talk about a few. Is Jesus is the builder of his church. People come to me. Leaders come to me. People come even to this church. No one here. And say, this is what you must do. I'm saying, easy, bro. We, 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 yes, maybe we can look at that. But just, just come, come gently. This is, there's been a lot of prayer. There's been a lot of petition. Amen. Um, we are, we, if, if it's right, thank you, he'll show it to us. But, but, but we, we, how do you get the, oh no, well, you know, well, I went to this church in Johannesburg. No, 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 that may not be for us. It's tantamount to me comparing my wife or the bride to other wives. You know, Kathy, you must be like that old lady. You must do this and you must be like my mother and you must be like my sister. Oh no, she's the gift to unpack and unwrap. Your wife, sir, is the gift given to you to unpack and to unwrap and to celebrate and to wash with the word and to present her holy. Not to copy. Church is a family. So what is it that the Lord will build his church? Was that the first one? I will build my church. The church is a, sorry. Um, the church is family. We don't choose our family. We, we are born into a family. <laughs> some parents, some children say, okay, I'm out of here, Baba. We leave. We run away. He puts us into family. He added to those who are being saved daily, who are being born again. He added. Brothers and sisters are born or given to us. Mothers and fathers are given to us. Sometimes your kids say, I don't like you, mom and dad. I said, I don't care. I'm still your mom and dad. Bad luck. Why do you think I like you so much? You're also a little brat. No, we don't talk like that really. But who do you think? You, you, we don't like you. And you? You're also a, got some warts on your nose, son or daughter. But he gives us into family. We don't go to the pet store and choose our favorite puppy and kitty and say, that's the family. That's happening now. People are just drifting around Durban. The greater KZN, picking and choosing, checkers, pick and pay, Woolworths. What's the other one? Spa. I like spa. Now God has sent you to Woolworths. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'm a Woolworths man. And then God just chops your budget in half, and now you become a 
Uh, what man? Boxer. What? <laughs> we wait, we pray, we're appreciative, we listen. Church is a family, mothers, fathers, sons, we care. It takes time, brothers and sisters. Something, you know, if somebody joins the church, says, you know, like, a, if somebody that's a part of this church has a need, I want to tell you, like Mervyn was saying, they got flooded again. Anything to see how the church responds. Other people are battling how the church responds. It takes time. Well, we know Mervyn and Ruth in this case. They're part of this family. We want to help. If it was us, we would love to be helped, but we also want to help. We're part of the family. We care for one another. It takes time. Are you really a part of the family? It's a good question. Amen? I know that if Katya and I got into trouble and did something stupid or got flooded or something happened, I know, I know. I know this church would be there, as you always have been. And so you say, was that the only picture? No, she's also a bride, which means she's beautiful and she's being adorned and she's sanctified. And we treat her carefully and she belongs to the bridegroom and that no one touches her and flirts with her and uses her for their benefit. We also know that the church is an army. Sometimes we pray, we've got to go to war. There's a battle. The enemy is stacked up against us, stacked up against you. And so we want to say, we, we are an army. Come. Are you part of the army? No, I don't do army stuff. No, I'm just, no, no, come and be a part of the praying. Come and be a part of the army, the battle. Sometimes we need to pray, brothers and sisters, as if if you go to a battlefront, have you heard the men shouting? When you go to a battlefront, say, fire! Or charge! Or don't go left! You're not obeying us. You can't go left. You're going to take the entire platoon out with you. Stay center. That's an army moment. And so we, we're comfortable with that, aren't we? No one tells me what to do. Yes, the elders or the leaders may tell you what to do. But no one tells me what to do because I'm Mr. Independent. That was my rehabilitation. I needed to be. I needed a value of, of, um, of submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Well, I know what to do. No, you don't. Okay, you carry on. And sometimes the Lord, in his kindness, lets us fall and stumble. And find the elders. I made enough mistakes. I was such a clever guy, you know. And then, and then we, 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 we part of, we work with. Are you breathing? We're part of a body, which means we all function. Everyone in Red Point brings a contribution. Every, the whole body functions. Check Megan's arm, broken. Okay, now it's not functioning, is it? Well, the fingers are, Megs. So the fingers are, she's waving. But we, we, it's no good that that hand is dysfunctional. We all want to function. Can't wait for the thing to get better. So we are part of a body, everybody. Who, I wonder who's going to greet me today. It's a family fun day. I'm a little bit of a shy person. So the body says, now I'm going to go and greet somebody. We're a vineyard, we're a temple, we're a flock. Point number three, so that's the family, that's the church. Many pictures. Point number three, devalue hospitality. Show hospitality. Practice hospitality. Romans chapter 12. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together. God loves hospitality. Jesus went to the home of Mary and Martha. There was a hospitality moment recorded in the scriptures. He was at the home of Simon the Pharisee. And that's where Mary, perhaps, which Mary, we can all debate until Jesus comes back, poured perfume on his feet. 
Levi, Levi, the tax collector. You've all seen it on, what's it called there? The chosen, Levi, that strange man, had a great banquet for Jesus at his house. Did you read Luke 5, 29? He didn't just put up like, okay, a couple of, bit of falafel and a bit of, no, he had a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were there. We love hospitality. Jesus says there's 5,000 people, feed them. Nuts. Hospitality. Send them away. No, no, no. You feed them. Be hospitable. Hospitality. You know when you eat a meal with somebody and you sit around. It was Robbie's birthday the other day. I don't know if Robbie's here. And we ate a meal at his table. I thought, wow, how cool is this? Amazing food, people talking. Hospitality is a big thing. In, even with Peter, they said, you went into the house of an uncircumcised man and ate with him. Acts chapter 11. He was criticized for that. Man, what do you mean? Actually, we're a hospitable people. One of the things of a church like this is, is um, it's big, and sometimes we live our separate lives. People have been given to this church to help us with corporate hospitality. People like Robway, Megan, Sydney, and Rena. If I think of the Indian community, I think particularly of a of a changed moment for me when um, Jennifer Mudley memorial was held here. Jennifer and Robin Mudley. Jennifer died, and there was the biggest memorial I think we've ever had here. And I got the, the, the request to say, can we serve everybody? I said, how are you going to serve 500 people? They said, no, we're expecting 700. I said, well, that's ridiculous. That's what I said. I said, no, I didn't say I said, no, you can't. We, we don't have the facility. And they said, not only are we going to feed everybody, we want to have a whole lot left over so we can go and give to the poor. What was happening there is that family and that community was influencing and shaping the values in my heart. So what happened on that memorial is that the house was packed. And guess what? Everybody got a meal. And guess what? The cars reversed down to the thing. They opened the boots and there were, and I thought, now here's a sign and a wonder. Do you understand hospitality, Nick? 5,700 whatever. I thought, that story sticks with me. Jennifer Mudley's memorial sticks with me. It shaped me, oh man of small faith, Mr. Pastor. Preaching big sermons, little faith. Hospitality. He took, took me to his banquet hall and his banner over me is love. The kingdom of God is like a king who prepared a great banquet. Blessed are those who invited to the great marriage feast of the Lamb, and on and on and on. Hospitality, meals, sometimes modest, sometimes amazing. Sit down, pray, eat, talk, listen, appreciate, share, um, hear, celebrate, give thanks, laugh together around the table of hospitality. Yeah, I know we could go home now. What's on today? No, not tennis. What's on today? Community day. <laughs> Community day. It's good. Value. Cross-cultural. Different people. So good, amen? Point number four. We love life groups, part of hospitality. Home groups, small groups. They've taught you publicly from house to house. Teachings in our homes. Intimacy. You can't have a church this size being intimate. People don't know you, but your life group leaders know you. They, they're together in their homes. They break bread. 
Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly, and so does the church that meets in their house. Life group, so important. Many churches have started around the table community, and they've formed a church. Amen? So life groups, brothers and sisters, are important. But people are saying, we don't want to go out at night. Brother, I know, and we see all these jolly things on hijacked at night, and guy goes too full, he's spending, he's hijacked, and I don't want to go at night. Please, brothers and sisters, stand with me and say, we won't be silly, we won't take risks, but we will not stop the kingdom of God in spite of depression, COVID, isolation. Keep going with life groups. We were prepared in a life group to lead a church. God used a life group to prepare us to lead a church. We were given a hectic life group. And, and when we drove there, Cutty said, I don't know why God has given us these very difficult people to lead. And one of us said, it's probably to prepare us to lead a church. And we were just average deacons. Life group is important. That life group, we met the other day, an old group of Christians, and we just reminisced about the wonderful days that it was. Point number five, we believe in being disciples. I've got a minute left. We want to make disciples. We want to be missional. Go into all the world. All authority has been given to me. Now go into all the world. Go and preach the gospel. Go and make disciples. Baptize them into Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Trinitarian faith. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I'm with you to the ends of the age. And so Life groups is important, and it's a, it's a tough one because it's, it's sliding away. The other one is priesthood of all believers. Everybody's a priest. Everybody's functioning. Everybody matters. Everyone has access into the holy place. Amen? That, that all of us have gifts. He sent on high, and he gave gifts to men. You might have an ascension ministry gift, Ephesians 4 gift. You may have a 1 Corinthians 12 gift, prophesying. You may be a teacher. You may be a... A, a worker of miracles, you may have a gift of faith, you may have a gift of administration, you may be hospitable. All of us have been given gifts, and Jesus says, make room for the gift. Priesthood of all believers, the veil has been torn, and not just the priest and the Aaronic family go in, but we all go in. We all sit at Jesus' feet. Amen? Amen. Prayer, unity, humility. Stop, Jules. control of the plane. We're coming down to land. Multicultural, multi-generational, gathering of the believers. We prioritize our meetings. Accountability, obedience, submission, marriage, family, children. Point number 11. Spirit-led, which means we wait, wait, wait before the Lord. Wait on God. Hold it. Gospel-centered. We forgive each other. Gospel-centered means somebody sins. Bah! Bad person. No. Oh, we, we know the gospel. It's for all of us. But I'll leave you with the story of Ruth, of Mary, and Martha. I think it's a beautiful story. Lord, we love you. We praise you to stand together.